and welcome to Story Mode, a video game podcast. I'm Simon Evans, and today I'm joined by Keelan Simpson and Jesse Monroe as we discuss bullet hell games and some of our favourite titles from the genre. Make sure you follow us on social media at Story Mode AUS, and be sure to check out StoryModeGaming.com for the latest in gaming news. Enjoy the show. Let me rant about Sydney as a concept. Okay. <laughs> just just this the is, city this or is like my... the name? Both. <laughs> Both, okay. <laughs> um, this, on the weekend, I went, I went to Sydney. First time on a plane as well in like two, three years. Mm. So that was... Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to complain too much because I had the emergency seat because I want my sweet leg room. Packed flight, but the two people next to me didn't rock up. Don't know what happened to them. They don't really care. But it means that I had full oh, leg room. Like I had as much nice. room as you possibly had. I had more room than the pilots. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was a power play. I felt so powerful on my 6.30 a.m. flight that I ordered a gin and tonic for breakfast. Of course you did. Because in the sky, nothing matters. It's true. That's it's true. It. That's what I that said. Is That's what true. an air hostess told me once. It's the truth. Mm. It's the law. Um, but then you yeah, get to Sydney. Now, Sydney is... Everyone's heard the whole thing about Sydney's layout is bad because it's not a grid like Melbourne, okay? Which is problematic. My hotel, which was, I felt at all times I could have been murdered, okay? My hotel was on a, a triangular block. I wasn't aware of that. Now, I've got, I've got a pretty good sense of, like, spatial awareness and, and direction and everything like that. But when you walk, and I've always got headphones in, which is another downfall of mine because it means I... I do sometimes ignore things, but I can always kind of tell where I am. But when you walk around the block and you expect a block to have four edges, <laughs> and then you realize <laughs> you've looped around and you're somewhere new, it's a bit much. I agree. Jesse. I ended up in I ended up in something called the Paddy's Markets, which I didn't know was. I was trying to find a bottle shop in there. And I didn't know it was multiple, multiple stories because on like a hill. So like from one end, you can get to two stories, but from one end, the other end, you can only get to one. End up <laughs> finding this bottle shop after about half an hour. Go meet up with some friends. I'm like, oh yeah, I got lost at Paddy's Markets. You know, I couldn't find the second story. And they're like, it's four stories. Nice. Where are the others? <laughs> it, it, it is some Diagon Alley bullshit. We have to run through a sign at 4.15 or whatever to get to the other station. The place is... I just don't like it. But I went to I went to a nice area. It was called Newtown. It was like Brunswick, super hipster. It's all right. It's all right, My people. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous that you don't build a city on a grid. Like it just doesn't. You make can't start. I mean, look, sense. you can't start again. But if they just decide to flatten Sydney aside again, I would. I'd, I'd vote for it. Support it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a bridge, oh. and I have opera house. That isn't. Oh, the- <laughs> All the nice. Londoners are currently stressed over Keelan's comment, like, oh, boy. Why would you well, not I, do that, though? Like, it just makes sense. I mean, I, I, think I don't you think... Have to, you have to plan that out real early. Yeah, I don't think London exactly had the um, the luxury of choice well, in the we all should have. We all should have learned from London then. So, <laughs> yeah. Sydney, missed opportunity. Well, is that what happened? Because, like, England planned out its city so badly then took over half the world and just spread these bad They're habits terrible city architecture so, mm. I don't know how Melbourne was just lucky but they're pretty cool like, pretty fun little cities 
But after all that, I also spent a lot of time. I need to get a a cable for my headphones so I can play Kirby on the plane because I'm going to play a lot of Kirby this weekend. I want to try and beat it. Do you guys game much when you go on a trip? Yes. Or do you plan to? Also, yes. <laughs> I got the thing. Every time I go I go somewhere, I always take my Switch. I have a bunch of games. I have fully charged. I take my charges. I take my cables. I take my spare headphones. I take everything. I'm prepared, and I never touch it. I can't do it. I. This is one of the reasons why I don't finish Switch games. Like I still haven't finished Dread yet. I haven't finished um, oh. Arceus Legends. I've barely started Kirby. I got into it. Really liked it. I'm like, wait, Elden Ring still in the place. Bloody, bloody Elden Ring. Um, but I can't play it on public transport or, or transport of any kind because I, I get distracted, which is maybe something I should go to a doctor about. Maybe. But I, 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 I just zone out. I can't look at a screen while I'm traveling. Um, so maybe that's why I, I don't get into the Switch as much as other folks. See, yeah, I, I, I don't get it, Jesse. I, I take my Switch with whenever I go on holiday, but I've only ever been able to sit down and actually play it on one occasion. Um, like it just never materializes. See, to me, I go, I would argue, I double down. I will take my Switch and also a laptop, like a gaming laptop. I'll be like, right, when I get some downtime and I'm not doing anything for like most of an afternoon, I'll probably play a bit of Switch, maybe a little bit of Final Fantasy, whatever, on this laptop, blah, blah, blah. And it will either be fully the laptop or f- I fully play the Switch. I very rarely have a mix of the two. It's either for some, someone's rolled a dice for me and made a decision. You are only playing the Switch on this holiday. Your laptop, you're just carrying around for the sake of it. Is this when you're holding, like going around like WA? Oh, no, this is when um, I go to Melbourne. Oh, damn it. Oh, that joke won't work then. Hmm. I was going to insult your city. Damn it. No, I'm not going to say anything bad because Melbourne's great. <laughs> I need that, okay. <laughs> you've, like, you've, got, you've got to de- depend on that now. You've look, already ruined Sydney. That's my personality. Melbourne guy. <laughs> Likes coffee. Can't get out of his emo face. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne. Weird little um, hipster. Yeah, Melbourne. What can I say? What can I say? Sorry, we kind of all have flowing golden locks. And again, I know you don't, but in my head, you surf. That's my sort of head cannon. <laughs> maybe, maybe when one my day. fan fiction, when my when my story mode, a video game podcast, fan fiction's done. You, you're a, you're a surfer. All right, all right, I'll, I'll take it. Sure. Keelan has a cool motorbike. Yeah. What? I have nothing. And also, uh, he's got a sketchy criminal history, but like a heart of gold. Heart of gold. Yeah. Hmm. This guy. Wait, gets this me. in real real life or like what's, what's Don't know. Up to you. Now, <laughs> despite what I've just said about the switch and not being able to use it when I travel, I still have very, very much have plans or wants or needs. I want the Stream Deck or Steam Deck or whatever the hell it's called. The Steam Deck. The Steam, Steam deck, deck, Stream Deck, whatever. It's it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, I called it my Stream Deck because I'm looking at my Elgato Stream Deck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Elgato, friends of the show, you got me with your little, you got a little plug in there, didn't you? Oh, clever. Very clever. Steam Deck. I want one so much, but I will not mm. play it. I also want to buy one of those little play dates. Have you seen them? The little yellow things with that, the crank? That makes sense to buy, Jesse. That looks awesome. It looks really fun. Wait, sorry. What do you mean it makes sense to... Gillen, why, it was a why small Game you, Boy with a crank on it. Why would you buy <laughs> a Steam Deck? Why would... Because I'm irresponsible with money. And because Vampire Survivors is only available on Steam. 
and not on Switch yet, which... Exactly, it gives you another platform not to play Vampire Survivors on. (laughs) But also, (laughs) as much as the playdate is cool, I love it. It, It's quirky. The crank, as as an implement of energy, I think we move past that when we (laughs) develop the steam engine. Okay. Uh, get it? Steam? Steamed? Shit, oh, right around. The stream engine. It is optional, uh, so you don't the have el- to the use Elgato it. The steam engine. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> you don't have to use it, Jesse, so, you know. Yeah, it sounds like... I want to buy it to have... Did you know me? I need to buy it to have it. It's, it's part of my... You take away all that type of stuff, that type of stuff from my personality, I'm a very bland person. <laughs> I guarantee you will... You. Everything you hate about gaming is condensed into a single device called the Steam Deck. You will you will despise it, Jesse, because it's all the tweaking of PC, but none of the power. It's just okay, don't even get me started with PC you. things. Now, if you're if you're watching this at twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, you'll notice I have new headphones on because my goddamn Razenaris lasted like eighteen months. They popped last night, so if you're not aware of the other content we have. Another, a new thing we started up is on every Wednesday, uh, myself, Chris Lowry, who's part of Story Mode, and our good friend Owen Jones, otherwise known as Digital Beard, we play AFL Evolution 2. We play the match of the round. Owen commentates. Chris and I play against each other. And it's quite an involved stream. There's a lot of parts to it um, that I need to set up beforehand. And I'm stressing about that. I'm trying to eat my dinner, my my soup, my precious soup that I slaved over a few weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> I've only got two serves left. I've got to make them count. I'm trying to eat my soup. God, I sound so old. I'm trying to eat my soup. I'm trying to set up the stream. Having internet problems, blah, blah, blah. Put my headphones on and I'll hear a thunk. I felt both. I, I, basically, I could feel both speakers pop at the same time. Nice. I was so sad. So, so sad. I want to got these new Astros, which are really, really nice so far. So, Astros, if you want to shout out, you, Elgato, whoever, who wants to shout Playdate, Stream Deck, Steam Deck, Steam Engine, someone shout out, give us something. Um, a good time. But I, it, for some reason, made me hate, I know it wasn't my PC's fault, but I blame my PC. I hate it, Killen. No. Why did you get me into the PC space? I didn't do that intentionally. You did, you bullied me. No, I didn't. Her PC oh, gaming is better. Come on, get out of here! Come on, you got you gotta you gotta do some maintenance on your PC, man. Do like a refresh. I, I do. I I need to do a lot of because I'm in an absolute hell at the moment. Speaking of hell, we're gonna do a bit of a special episode today. Uh, we're gonna do a bit of a a dive into a genre. Don't don't you guys shake your head at me. That was good. That was that was a good one. Was it? Was I didn't it? think it was bad. I've had worse. Oh, my neck just cracked. Fully heard that. <laughs> well, that's in the recording. Um, punishment, punishment for a bad pun. Um, we want to start in the next over the next few weeks and months and years and decades and however long we're cursed to do this show. Um, we want to dive into a few sort of niche genres um, that we don't speak about very often. You know, often we're talking about your open world action adventure games and your first-person shooters, yada, yada, yada. But uh, we thought we'd spin the wheel, and by spin the wheel, I meant I went onto a website that randomizes game genres, picked one at random, and we thought we'd talk about it and learn about it together and also share our favorite games from that genre or, you know, 
closely adjoined genres because it, it gets very messy. It's like talking about music, you know, it's like, I listen to post-hardcore, I listen to hardcore, I listen to pre-hardcore, I listen to grungecore. <laughs> grungecore, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. That, that exists. But we're talking about bullet hell games here. Now, bullet hell games, um, just for the basic knowledge I had of them before I started researching this episode, it meant there was a lot of things on the screen. And that's basically what it boils down to. Now, doing the laziest thing, going straight to Wikipedia, I got the the basic uh, definition of what a bullet hell game is. Also known as a, a danmanku, uh, which means barrage or bullet curtain in Japanese. Um, it's a subgenre of shooters in which the entire screen is often almost completely filled with enemy bullets. Hence the name. This type is also known as curtain fire, manic shooters, or maniac shooters. The style of game originated in the mid-1990s as an offshoot of scrolling shooters. So it's probably something you've seen before in arcades, and now these would have been popular back in the day. Did you two have any sort of interaction with these sort of games back in your, uh, your local arcade? Oh, man. you're oh, That's amazing. Arcades were one of my favorite places to spend time, and yes, I would play lots of games like this because the visuals were just absolutely spectacular the um, they were always pixel amazing. art oh my god amazing what about you sir Babe. um i'm trying to I'm trying to think what the there was a couple of arcade games that i remember having on a game boy advance cartridge oh, yeah, and nice. i would play those for a while um but yeah i don't know i, I can't remember any off the top of my head specifically but they're just such a mainstay in gaming. And I mean, as you said, like the, the graphics, the, the pixel art is always, always the best, I find. If you, if you what go I used to find the- about them in arcades is I felt you, like you got a lot of bang for your buck, despite the fact that they were designed not to be bang exactly, for your buck. Exactly, yes. But yeah, you saw yeah. on screen that so much was happening. A lot of other games were like side scroller, like beat em ups. And it, they seemed repetitive. And you had maybe one or two characters on the screen. And throwing little punches and kicks and stuff like that. With a bullet hell game, it was chaotic. You knew you're going to have fun, but they were designed to chew through coins. They were designed to be near impossibly hard at times mm. um, until you sat there, put coin after coin after coin in to learn patterns. Memorizing, and yeah. It wasn't even, mm. it was learning the patterns, which cost a bit, then memorizing them, which cost a bit, and then taking it to another level where it wasn't even memorization. It was just inbuilt into your, into your brain. Yeah, it was your it was muscle just... memory. You knew what you were doing. And I, I think there was also that thing, which I guess kind of grew into, I guess it's kind of like why, um, I, of course, I'm finding, finding a weird uh, way to talk about Elden Ring here. Of course. But it was that thing of you saw a challenge and you, you needed to beat it. You needed to... Like that is that looks impossibly hard, but I know other people have done it before. Why can't I do it? So you would sit there and put all your coins in them and and, and lose it all. Yeah. <laughs> I I loved watching other people play these types of games mm. in the arcade because I got most of the joy um, out of just watching them play, and I didn't have to spend any of my money. So I could play. That's I spent it on other games that I wanted to play too. <laughs> Fair point. Now, there wasn't just sort of when I said before we're going to talk about genres and talk about their kind of adjacent genres. That's quite apt with this case because bullet hells are also very close, and there's a lot of overlap with shoot 'em ups or shmups, mm-hmm. um, which are same sort of thing. A lot of bullets on screen, a lot of action, a, a lot of dodging. 
you need to be able to move and dodge in these games. <laughs> um, they were like, they were deceptive because they didn't seem like they had a lot of strategy to them. It was, it seemed like chaos when you first looked at them. Um, it is not. But once you, it's not even just memorizing the the patterns of bullets that come out of these enemies um, and getting like kind of lost in the technicolor dreamscape that they create um, or nightmare that they create. It's also realizing that your plane or your character or whatever it was, because most of these games would be, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Top scrollers? Scrolling? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. all your enemies would come from the top, mm. top down. And I think I, I read into it a little bit today. And it looks like one of the main reasons for that is to get rid of your peripheral vision and it help you zone in more. Mm. Yeah. Having it all centered into into your... um into your field of, field of vision. Um, it also gave you, because arcade screens are long, it gave you more play area as well. Well, that's so what- So you see all this stuff coming down. That's what turned the game into something that's not just like reacting. It's actually somewhat strategic. It's a game about territory. So where you exactly. position yourself, uh, that will give you advantages as new enemies come onto the screen. So there's all these kind of like these weird tactics that you can learn. And it's something that I never realized this until researching it today, but it's something that would have, I, I wish I knew back when I used to play this more, is the closer you are in a lot of the games, the closer you are to your enemy, the more damage you'll do. But obviously, the quicker you need to move as more enemies and more bullets yeah, come down yeah, the screen. Yeah. Mm. However, the f- on top of that, it's easy to manipulate where the bullets go and create dead space so you can go up real close, shoot them, do a bunch of damage, move through the bullets are going and go back into a, into a, like a dead corner. Why didn't I know about this back in the day? <laughs> I was just getting head on and being like, dodging everything. There's like a, look, a surprising amount of depth for something that like from the outset looks so simple. Like it's, it's mm. simplistic. Like you, anyone can pick this up and play it. But there's actual depth and tactics to it. And I was not aware of that when I was playing this. It's so cool. I think this is a really cool genre to see what very talented de- um, devs did with very limited scope. So, look, a bullet hell game can only have so much in it. Because yeah. there are, it's a pretty confined genre. Yeah. So, seeing what they could really just squeeze out of it is so impressive creating strategy out of chaos and then it, it unspoken strategy a lot of the stuff that i think i i when i was playing these in arcade game um arcades and stuff like that i would have known these things but never known them if that makes any sense i knew that the closer i was i was doing more damage but i couldn't tell you that that was happening it, mm. it, it'd be one of those weird things that like your mate on the playground would tell you be like if you get closer you do more damage you'd be like Nah, that that no, that's I'll stupid. Die that way, I I just get hit by things. Then, like, the no, 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 no. I promise, I promise. Trust me. I think it took me a long time to actually even give these games a go because, as much as I said, you know, I could see other people playing them and playing them well. I just looked at them like I can't do that. I'm an idiot. I can't do that. Uh, They're surprisingly forgiving as well. Mm. Your hitbox yeah. in most games, most games, your hitbox is tiny, I... and the hitbox's projectiles are tiny. They're made to look big. Yeah. It, it throws you off it makes you panic and once you panic in those games you're as good as dead mm. yes. but i think uh then on top of that as well it's it's not just the enemies throwing bullets at you a, a staple of shmups and bullet houses is, is upgrading as well mm. 
I remember there are so many games in this genre, and we're gonna we are not gonna be able to talk about majority of them because there are thousands of them. Um, I don't, you know, I probably never played the same one twice at different arcades. But I, I loved the whole thing of upgrading a weapon, and it was I found it so often that it was kind of a, an upgrade three times thing. So you get like the blue upgrade, and suddenly you had a laser beam, and you got the blue upgrade three times. You have this massive laser beam, and suddenly you're as powerful as the enemy. But you had to really work for it, and the moment you get hit, you lose it. Yeah, I love that type of shit. I love it so much. Every time you play, you play with different different you know, playstyle. Green maybe tracking boards, red maybe bombs. Um, and then every time you played it, that strategy you learned of dodging the boards and stuff like that. You also had to rework what was your offensive strategy going to be as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesse, I, uh, I want to to bring this up to you guys. I, I read a really interesting take about. Um, bullet hell style games um in that they can be kind of considered meditation almost because i think we may have seen the same video here when you you get into this like flow state and you're going and you understand the mechanics like you understand it not just like just in your soul you know and you just you can do it without thinking you're just you're feeling your way through the game you kind of know what the patterns are for the enemies uh you know what to expect and you're controlling the field and the territory and you're not thinking you're just doing the thing you're basically meditating you're 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 just completely out of it because and it's not just bullet hells that do that it's the game that i find i completely zone out in is burnout yeah I can be going 450 miles an hour against traffic and I'm dodging like I'm Neo. I'm not thinking either. I'm just like, my eyes have glazed over and I'm just doing it. It's just, you have like a mastery of the the thing you are interacting with. And yeah. I, I feel like it's quite easy to get that in um, games like um, Bullet Hell Shooters, games like Burnout. Like it's easier to get to that that state because the, the mechanics are somewhat simpler. Um, exactly, I, I, the, the chaos and adrenaline, like the mixture of the chaos in the game and the adrenaline you're feeling, it gets you into a mode where you're very much looking at the most simplistic movements. It's not, oh, I need to move left, right, do this, do this. It's like, no, at this moment, all I need to do is move a little bit left, shoot, move a little bit right, shoot. That's it. And you just, everything starts moving slowly. I never quite get into that zone with um, Bullet Hells because... I'm old and my 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 hands don't work like that. I'm, I'm my, my brain don't work. That's my problem. That too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why um, I never get but there. The genre's taken a really cool turn in the last few years because there's been some AAA games that have put bullet hell elements into their gameplay. I'm talking Neo Automata, which is the main thing that got me into that game. Um, well, got me to buy it at least. I never quite got into it because it, it confused me too much. Uh, Cuphead and my kind of favorite of the bunch is Returnal. Uh, oh, now House Marky is is, is you know, a developer we're going to talk about a little more in a moment. But you guys have you guys played Returnal yet? No. I so- just slap <laughs> the shit out of you both. <laughs> it, 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 this is what got me into that game. Because the art style and stuff is fantastic, but seeing a bullet hell in a 3D space like that is so cool, so unique, and such a way to show off the power of the PS5. Now, a lot of the games we're going to talk about, or two of them, were sort of launch-esque titles for, for their consoles. 
and they really showed what they could do early days. And we know that, you know, a game released on PS4 day one, on, on the day one of the PS4, sorry, is going to be miles and miles behind a game launched you know, four years later on the same console. But at first, the game I'm going to talk about soon is Resogun. And I remember that being one of the first games I played um, on, the, on the console. Blew my mind. Like mm. all these little pixels and voxels bouncing around. Like, what do, what do you mean this is going to get better? What? Article effects. Crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just the sheer amount of stuff on screen was awesome. Now, let's get into our, our games that we want to speak about. Mm. Keelan. You've picked Geometry Wars, which is sort of the first game in the timeline of the three of titles we want to talk about here. Um, what, what, what is, what's Geometry Wars? Geometry Wars, weirdly enough, started as just a test to test the functionality of the Xbox 360 controller, the analog sticks and everything. Um, it's created by the guys at Bizarre Creations. You might remember them from the... Um, Project Gotham Racing series. Um, unfortunately, they closed in 2011, uh, which really sucks because I love those games. Um, they're in Liverpool, Simon, from your home, um, England. Also home, also home to uh, the best uh, football team, Liverpool FC. If I hello, go, if I, I play for Liverpool legally. Gaz will actually just straight up kill me. So I'm an Arsenal man myself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course you are. You're always coming in here with a weird I don't know takes. what that means. What do you mean, of course I am? <laughs> course I don't know. Is that bad? Coming in with like weird, shitty takes, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I play for Liverpool. <laughs> Cr- cross me the ball, governor. I'll hit it into the back of the net. Actually, wait, I, I, you know, I've watched a lot of Ted Lasso lately. Yeah, you've been watching Ted Lasso. Like, come on, you know should. Hello, I'm Ted Lasso. I'm from Texas. That's okay. Yep. Okay. Jesse's wow. never interacted with an actual Texan ever. That was uh, really many being, levels. I don't think <laughs> he's not from Texas. Oh, that's See? fair. I'm enough. a different. I'm I'm Led Tasso. Led ta- Led Tasso. Led, oh, Led the, Tasso. The angry one. Mm. Mm. All right. Mm. Nah, I I see that. I'll I'll, I'll pay that. Um, but anyway, back to the the topic of conversation. Uh, bizarre <laughs> Ted creations. Lasso. Okay, let's talk about Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Now, what do you Led think Tasso. about three? Oh, oh my Go on, God. God. Season three. Now, um, Bazaar created this little test and they decided to include it as an Easter egg on one of the Project Gotham Racing games, uh, the second one. And people freaking loved it. It was this little game where you're like this claw spaceship and you're essentially being accosted by um, enemy spaceships from all around and they're attacking you. Really simple shapes, basic art styles. They're like triangles and squares and stuff that are attacking you. But when you shoot them, they break apart into the like the lines that kind of make, make them up. So visually, it was really, really interesting. It was like um, uh, almost like fireworks going off. That's, I think that's the best way to, to kind of describe it. Um, it was yeah. super popular and they decided to release it as a standalone game. The reason this is like actually really interesting to me and, and kind of special to me is that the Xbox Live Arcade is a concept that Microsoft came up with. Um, it was still during the first Xbox generation, but it didn't pick up really until the launch of the Xbox 360. And when it launched, they had a whole bunch of games that you could pay for. They were really cheap. They were very small. Um, and you could just download them and play them on your 
console and that was kind of like an unheard of thing at the time like it was really yeah. unusual buying a digital game um but it gave smaller developers opportunities to release these like smaller scale games or like ports of older games that kind of thing and uh release them to a wider audience for super cheap prices this game kind of set the like is one of the games rather that set the template for how we consume games now how games are made um, by independent studios i think it's really thrilling like it's it's kind of great and the game itself is the kind of game that i consider to be like a meditative experience there's no like levels or anything really it's it's more just that you're given um, it's an arcade game yeah you're given time and you have a score score as high as you possibly can um, there are upgrades, there are like bombs and stuff. There's some really awesome like audio work that they do as well. When you let off a bomb, um, everything kind of like drops down. It's like kind of like you've been deafened by the bomb going off. And it just it That's sounds cool. awesome. Like it just that. feels really cool. It's a nice game like, to play. Like it's got this tactile and audio and visual appeal that is just undeniable. What I like about and like I mentioned before, it's because it's such a, a, a narrow sort of genre the devs can really go to town on some other aspects of it. I've noticed all the games we've chosen have killer soundtracks. Yeah. Um, killer soundtracks and immersive soundtracks and hypnotic soundtracks, which I'm going to get into a bit more with my game. Yes. Um, Geometry Wars, it, it's like Asteroids on Crack, on Ecstasy particularly. Ecstasy, yeah. It, LSD. Yeah, it is a, a lot. Um, I, I've seen this game before. I never really give it the time of day until today when i did a bit more research into it yeah yeah i'm keen to play this this looks good dude it's got great visuals like even just watching footage of it is nice it's just a pleasant game to see in action and there's multiple games there's like three yeah there's like there's like three games they've really several sequels um but to be entirely honest it's all kind of similar um oh yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah basically like i would recommend just picking it up because it's a good like chill out game to play whilst you're doing something else at the same time, listening to podcasts, maybe. Maybe podcasts such as this one. Mm. Hey, mm. why am I advertising the podcast to people who would be listening to the podcast <laughs> to hear that advertisement about a podcast? Shh, don't don't, don't oh. question it and just go with it. Just roll with it, all right? Yeah, thanks, man. We're on, <laughs> we're on Spotify and iTunes. Subscribe and follow. Um, <laughs> what I, Also, what I like about this and why I think these games have never gone away They've gone in the background a little bit, mm. but smaller indie developers go to town on this genre because it's, mm. I don't want to say it's easy, it's easy to make, but I feel like, like, like I've said a few times now, they can focus on other aspects. The gameplay is sort of there. The game, the core gameplay loop, there's not too much you can do with it. They can focus on a bunch of other, other aspects. Um, I miss arcade games so much <laughs> where the only person you're, you're like you're trying to beat the enemy but really what you're trying to do is beat your time beat your score i miss that. i don't need a narrative every time elden ring nah. get out of here the worm has turned i'm against it i can't beat the fire giant so i hate the game you can do it understandable you, you just i bought like a star wars through. today look it, it, it's, going, it's going back in the case for a little bit i need play i'm gonna start playing uh, star wars so, so just sorry just quickly on the topic of arcades there used to be an arcade near where I lived and they had PS1s in cabinets and you could put money into the cabinet and it will give you 10 minutes of playtime on the PS1. Oh, mad. That was That's cool. incredible. The best thing ever. 
I played all the Harry Potter game through there, just standing. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird PS1 game. <laughs> uh, not as much as you'd think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. The game's not very long. Weak. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> yeah, too yep, true. that's a uh, factor. Um, so, wait, have you played the sequels to Geometry Wars? Like, do you recommend we start in the first one? Um, I recommend you just go for the latest one because okay. it's a formula that's been iterated upon. And I'm pretty certain, like, some of the older games are included in some of the newer ones as well, like, as additional hmm. content. So, um, go with the latest one, Geometry Wars Three Dimensions. Done okay. and easy. Done. Now, moving along the timeline a little bit to, to 2013, the heady day of the 2013 when the PS4 first launched. It launched alongside a little title called Resogun from Housemark. Housemark's, you know, studio you'd probably know best for uh, Returnal, as I mentioned before. Um, this is where that bullet hell sort of drive for that developer begun. Uh, it was, it, it, it's a very simple game, as you'd expect. But it was an interesting take on board hell games because rather than having the vertical sort of scrolling as most games do, this was based on on basically a cylinder. So you would go around yeah. the cylinder. You were a little spaceship. Mm. Your mission was to save little humans that are trapped in cages, put them into portals, dodge the bad guys, dodge the bullets, beat the boss. This cylinder thing is such a cool idea because you could see what was coming it's at all times. Yeah, it's really clever. The game doesn't let you shoot vertically. You can only shoot horizontal. And like other like other games, you know, you can upgrade your weapons, you can get bombs, blah, blah, blah. But it meant because you couldn't shoot up or down, you had to move constantly. You had and you were basically looking at two screens because you had this what was happening in front of you, and then you could see the cylinder behind you. All this set to like a hardcore trance beat that maybe uh, it makes you feel like a 90s hacker like in a film <laughs> um, the music is so hype if you have not heard the Resogun soundtrack I listened to it again today it is probably into my top 5 video game OSTs Jesse I listened to that track that you recommended and it's a banger like it's absolutely fantastic it just totally gets you hyped up um, on that topic you were mentioning just before about like the cylindrical layout like that's so unusual um, I was looking into it and I noticed that as you're shooting, your bullets kind of go off of the cylinder. Like, so there's like a limit yeah. to it. So we were talking about before about um, how you have to be strategic with your territory and everything and how you have to like kind of be careful and you can kind of... I saw the guy playing it time his bullets so that when an enemy comes around the corner, the bullet kind of just hits it before they're yeah. able to shoot something off on the kind of the part of the cylinder you're on. Dude, that is like next level stuff. It's awesome, man. That's cool. There That's are some really games clever. like yeah, Tetris, Dance Dance Revolution, stuff like that, where you, if you watch a master play or Guitar Hero, it is a, <laughs> a they are playing a different game to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are in a different zone. Watching speedrunners play or you know, professionals play Resogun, and them just knowing where every bullet needs to go and where every bullet needs to come from is is impressive and terrifying. Yeah. Existential dread and utter delight at <laughs> what humans can do. Yeah, that's fair. Now, this game, another very small development team. 
20 people and originally looked very different. So this game's in a very uh, kind of cyberpunk space-ish vibe to it. A lot of like purples and neon, and- neon, you know, it, it suits the soundtrack, tell you that much. Oh yeah, absolutely. Originally though, it was gonna be a very natural tone. There's gonna be a big tree in the middle. It's gonna have rivers. It's gonna have like nature and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure. What the, and I think the people rather than being trapped in cages, we're in huts that were burning down, which was a little bit, a little bit dark, a little bit dark. Like so, so you save them by blowing up the house that's on fire? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but sticking with the visuals, though, the cool thing about this game was was voxels, little little shapes that bounce across your screen. They went with voxels to have like a near retro vibe to the game. Mm. Um. You very much get that. You blow up an enemy and they just become little particles that bounce across the screen. And when the PS4 came out, obviously I was very, very hyped for the new console. And I, I wanted to see what it could do. And this blew me away. I think I'm pretty sure for memory, at the time I was writing for another website, Double Jump, go give them a follow. Um, and the editor, Jake, got me onto it. He's like, you need, you need to play this game. Because <laughs> it was free, wasn't it? Yeah, it was free. Wow, yeah. really? And it's became this whole thing of like, mm. okay, who's getting these high scores? Dude, it was, it was free. It had two things of DLC. It, this was like I think, really, dude, really good. High quality stuff. They just gave yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. It's really I good. Think, I think it was yeah, the opening um, Heroes and Defenders. Was it the opening month of the PS4 that it was f- Available for free with a PlayStation Plus membership. I think it may have been a, bit, a little bit longer, but yeah, yeah, like roughly a month. Uh, yeah, because I remember um, I was living in London at the time. Len just got the PS4, was really excited for it to, you know, give it a proper go. Um, and I saw the information on the internet and I'm like, hey, make sure you download this Resogun game. Like, it's completely free. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've already got PlayStation, like, network. So, yeah, not a problem. Like, this would be super, like... Super easy for me to do. Downloaded it in a couple minutes and we played it literally all day from like 10 a.m. to about 7, 8, 9 p.m. We're just, just playing that. Just so much fun. It was designed for that sort of gameplay. It was designed oh, yeah. to be binged because it's part of a a subgenre of a subgenre of a subgenre known as <laughs> trance shooters. So this is kind of like what I mentioned before, where these games put you in a trance with the colors on screen, the patterns that you see, um, the simplicity of it all, and the music. Again, if you haven't listened to the Resogun um, soundtrack, jump on YouTube. It's all there. It's I'm feeling it right now. I'm, I'm energetic. That's why I'm so bubbly today, because I've been listening to it all day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they have colorful, abstract visuals, electronic music, um, and games in that genre would be Tempest 2000, Space Giraffe, Grid Runner, um, Polybus, Geometry Wars, as you mentioned before, Space Invaders Extreme, which I've never heard of, but need to play. I want to see how I have heard of that. And I think it's in, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's insane. Um, in another game that a lot of people have already played is Super Stardust HD. These are trance shooters. These are the games that you are meant to zone out completely and just stare. They don't rely on you memorizing patterns of enemies because unlike your normal bullet hell games where enemies will fire in patterns and they are predictable to an extent after you've wasted enough coins learning their moves 
in trans shooters, they're not predictable. So you're relying on reflexes. Mm. So the whole point is to kind of get you so focused on just how your fingers move and your eyes, your tracking movement, that everything else is, is, should be, the rest of the world should be dead to you. And I remember getting into real like into, into that zone with Resigan a lot. Not saying I was any good at it, but I would zone out and just get lost in it. Mm. I, it is hypnotic. It's almost like it must be the same part of your brain that you know ticks for people who get really into pokies. Yeah, the colors, the sound, mm. stuff like that. It is trig- It must be triggering the same things. I've I've never been a, a pokies person um, because I'm under sixty. <laughs> but I imagine that sort of tickles the same part of your brain. <laughs> Ooh, also, it had geez. multiplayer. Should we be yeah. making uh, these kinds of games age-restricted now? Jesse, is that what you're we saying? We should do a whole episode on our favorite casino games. Ooh. Geometry Wars? Give me some casino wars. Did Leisure Suit you? Larry have a casino game? I feel like he would I think have. it did, actually. Yeah. I think it did. Genuinely, I think it did. Well, that, yeah, yeah, that's my one. Uh, uh, so. Sorry, I like I like something. I, I think it. I think it. I don't know. I heard. I, I read. I, <laughs> no, no, I just, no, no, no. Like, I, I bought it just to read the manual. Some, really, it, it rings a bell. I'm like, I feel like that is. Yeah, I'm sure it, a that thing. game rung your bell many times, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I I feel wet it somewhere. Wet dry twice or whatever. I've I've, I've seen yeah, that. Wet I dreams I've seen dry twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um. What really kind of also got me into is the the concept of the twin twin stick shooter. Yeah. So one stick is straight up movement, and one stick is shooting. I was sounds really dumb. I struggled. I only got into first person shooters on PS3. The the first uh, first person shooter that I really got into was Resistance. And then soon after, well, it's over the top shooter, but still, uh, Resident Evil 4. Because I, mm. my brain couldn't make, oh, one of the greatest games ever made, couldn't comprehend that one stick was your gun and one stick was your camera. It just didn't make sense to me. And That's fair. it wasn't even a thing of like, I would pick up a, a controller and not be able to do it. I could, but it's like almost when I had the controller out of my hands and I would think about it as a concept, it freaked me out. And I, I just like, I don't want to play it. It's weird. It's wrong. <laughs> So it took me a long time. I was still getting over that, I think, a little bit until I played Resident Gun. And that got me thinking about, like, oh, you can use both sticks in a completely different fashion. And I guess those parts of my brain formed at the age of, what, 20? Called neuroplasticity. 23! Jesse, and uh, we've all got it. You can always learn something new. Yeah, I just mind wasn't. You can teach this old dog new tricks after all. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> now speaking of new tricks there's a new game that new simon wants to talk about <laughs> he wants to newly talk about newly um, talk about <laughs> nude so, simon no, no if you want to see naked simon we're at no. twitch.tv forward slash story mode aus we're also on patreon if you really want the good ones just I'm a fan critical, drop us a couple of bucks <laughs> and you'll show you his leg okay yeah, the leg i can do i can show simon. you some leg yeah. You're going to talk to it's us about leg. Leisure Suit Larry's Casino, right? Pleasure <laughs> Suit Larry. Because that was a real game. You were right. It exists. <laughs> was it? Yes. Why do uh, I know oh, that? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Simon know. just stumbled across that one. I oh, no. <laughs> I... D- Sorry. Dig yourself well, out of this one, Simon. Uh, so, much like um, Leisure Suit Larry is a single-player game, 
uh, Vampire Survivors is the game that I'm going to be talking about, which is single also playing a one man job. Uh, it's developed hey! by one guy. <laughs> Um, Larry, <laughs> yeah, some guy called Larry. No, no uh, it's a uh, Italian dude called Luca. I'm going to mispronounce your surname, Luca, and I apologise in advance, but I think it's Galante. Um, where basically he was kind of bored and wanted to create a game that would be fun to play on the weekends, and he has inadvertently created one of the most popular bullet hell games available on steam right now as in if you go and search bullet hell genre it is currently the top selling game you know how i knew this game was big (laughs) it's because this game came out at the same time as elden ring yeah and it was the only game that broke through the noise yeah it's the only other game i heard about during the time that's that that is insane so (sighs) I want to clarify a couple of things. Vampire Survivors isn't your standard bullet hell game per se. The enemies don't really fire things at you. Mm. But, well, some of them do. But you do have to avoid a lot of enemies. A lot of enemies will walk towards you and they will crowd your screen and you've got to hope that your weapons that you choose when you level up um, basically are good enough to kill all the enemies before they kill you. And it's really damn fun. It is a roguelike. It's like a swarm hell. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult game to describe because it's like a, it's a it's a roguelike. It's a roguelike game with hell. with RPG elements in it as well, and it's just bloody fun. Honestly, it's, so it's rather just, than having like a massive bullets in different shapes coming across the screen, you have hordes of enemies that group up and sort of come towards you. Yeah, and the things that go flying across the screen are your weapons. So your weapons fire automatically um, and you can affect you can affect various things about your weapon. So all you need to do is basically worry about moving your character around. But depending on what uh, passive upgrades you get, you can make the weapons fire out faster. You can make them shoot out more of them. Uh, Make the area like the AOE of them be even bigger um, all sorts of like fun things. You can give yourself like a, a passive regen. So if you do get hit by an enemy, you know you regen your health quicker. And all sorts of fun stuff. Now, what makes this game really interesting is that the weapons interact with the passive buffs that you can get. So you can evolve weapons. So each weapon has eight levels, and some of them evolve into a different weapon if you have the correct passive. So, for example, um, one of my favorite ones is the the axe. Uh, shoots out and does big knockback and looks cool. It's actually quite Castlevania-inspired. Like, the the starting weapon's like a whip. The vibe. The, you, yeah. You, 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 yeah, you got a whip, yeah. Yeah, you start with a whip um, on the first character and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, so when you throw the axes out, does big damage and... It pairs up with a uh, with a passive buff, which you can only have six of, um, and that increases the AOE. So when you get the axes to level eight, and so long as you have the correct passive buff as well, you can then evolve the axes into like this cool. I think it's called like a death spiral, and it's all just scythes that come flying out your character in a big circle, make this really cool noise, it's going and fly outwards. It's really fun. <laughs> and 
yeah, like it. You've got a thirty-minute timer to basically survive to the end, and after the thirty minutes, death incarnate comes and basically just kills you instantly. Can, but, can you beat him? Yes, you can kill death. I've done that before in real life, but that's another day. <laughs> I want to come back to that then. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> you can kill death. There's um, you can kill him, but another death will spawn after about. 30 40 seconds and then another one after that (laughs) so you gotta it's it's going to kill you eventually it's not a matter of if but when um and yeah like it's honestly it's such a fun game it's so hard to describe just how fun it is the only thing i can really say is like it only costs four aussie dollars on steam just go buy it like that's the good thing about all these bullet hell games is because normally they are made by Indie developers, like you know, your your core sort of board hell games, mm. they're made by indie developers. They're cheap. You can get a bunch of them for like a couple of bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And like what Vampire Survivors reminded me of when I looked at it, though, it's and again, you know that meme of like you know a person's only ever seen Boss Baby and they watch another film and they're like, oh, this gives you big Boss Baby vibes because all that they can relate to. This gave gives me, um, I mean, obviously, it gives me a lot of Hades vibes because you you're building your character you got different buffs affecting the yeah. other buffs and blah 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 yeah but it seems like a more panicked version <laughs> of Hades because you're making stuff up as you go that's what yeah, i thought i'll watch you something playing like you have to get like different coins and stuff like that and if you know if you get like a red coin it'll give you a different buff and you need to work it out quickly now the interplay the game well. does pause when that happens right yes so when you when you level up or open up a chest um which chests are dropped if you kill a boss enemy so bosses will spawn in at the same time that other regular enemies come in. So you can very easily be sort of overwhelmed and like trying to run away from a boss and run into a wall of normal enemies and that kills you instead of the boss. But um, yeah, so when you level up and when you open up a chest, the game pauses and you get a selection pop up on screen of three or four items to pick from. Uh, sometimes it's upgrading one of the weapons. Like I said, at each um, most weapons have eight levels. Um, or upgrading one of the accessories. So the most of the accessories can go up to five levels. Or you can pick something new. So you actually have six weapon slots and six accessories, as they're called, the, the passive um, bonuses. You have six slots for each. And again, keep in mind that, you know, some things pair with others. So you go, oh, okay, like I've got the whip. To evolve the whip into something different, I need like this specific accessory i need i need this heart so you keep hoping to see the heart every time you level up and there's a chance you, you just don't see it and that's it like you just don't get to evolve the whip so you have to you have to come up with something you have to improvise you have to go okay i guess i'll go for you know this one which will give me a damage buff or mm. you know this one which will make things happen quicker and all sorts of stuff so it's really cool for putting you on the spot and making you just go yeah that'll do let's go let's go with that let's roll with that one um and just making the best of a bad situation if you can i was actually playing just the other day i was chatting to a friend whilst playing it um because she was playing at the same time as me and we had unlocked the latest bonus level because by the way this game gets weekly updates one guy working on it giving us basically basically weekly updates I i think he missed a week because easter stuff so yeah fair enough but like new characters, new weapons, almost almost weekly. Like this guy's incredible, um, and yeah. So I was playing playing the new level, 
And it's called, and I kid you not, The Bone Zone. And <laughs> it's all skeletons and stuff now, like this that. This is a Halloween Legend Suit Larry <laughs> DLC, right? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't deny that. I don't know for definite. <laughs> so I'm I'm running around like panicking, trying my absolute best because I can't kill any of the enemies because they keep getting stronger. Whereas my friend is absolutely blitzing through all of them and we're just having two entirely different experiences on the exact same map. And it's just really interesting because I'm sat here going like, shit, like I just have to keep running. I just have to keep running away. I'm panicking. I can't kill anything. So I can't get experience. I can't level up. I can't do anything. My friend's just, she's just murdering everything. And she's like, oh yes, I've got that. And I've got this. And you know, oh yeah, I'm level. She was two minutes behind me in the run. Again, you know, the game, the rounds are limited to 30 minutes. She was at like, I don't know, 18 minutes. I was at 20 minutes. I was only level 37. She was level 84. <laughs> it's it's just crazy how different it can play through on any given time. I highly recommend this game. I have streamed it unlike, a few times. <laughs> unlike um, Siren playing Legend of Suit Larry, he didn't come first that time. I did not. Hey. So I, had, I had that joke in my back pocket for the whole fucking, the whole fucking time. <laughs> well done. I, I'm, I'm proud of you for holding on to it. Now, the cool thing about, uh, about Vampires is it came out in 2022 and it's still so big it shows how the the staying power of this genre mm. and i think we're at a really cool point where we've seen it actually diverge into that different direction where we're gonna have your core your core games you know there's gonna be more geometry wars house mark if you're listening out resogun 2 maybe maybe only took 20 people maybe put 30 <laughs> people on it and see what happens um but we know we've got Housemark playing, um, playing, we're playing and making, re- you know, Returnal and and Near Automata. These are two 3D action games, which have these elements in it, and it's so cool seeing this go forward. I think Returnal is known as, alongside probably Ratchet and Clank, as a showcase, the showcase games of PS5, and a lot of that comes down to. The visuals of the bought hell, seeing it in, you know, from that angle. And also, especially in that game, juxtaposed against the sort of um, Geiger-esque landscapes and characters, seeing this thing that you know from your childhood. When you see a spiral of boards coming out of an enemy, you're like, I I know that from arcade. Like, I know this, what this means kind of thing. But then it's coming out of some sort of like... Reverse spider goat. Oh, God. Like, oh that's <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever no. seen. I wish I didn't see that so close up. It, it it really really messed with you. And even like near Automata, there's a lot of like anime and stuff in that. In that, um, and then just like having these two familiar things of like anime and then bullet hells coming together. I don't know. It 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 scratched a part of my brain that I didn't know I did, needed needed a I didn't know was itchy. Hmm. But I'm very hopeful that the while we keep our core sort of indie title bullet hell games, I really hope that AAA developers keep using it as a tool. As just, uh, something you can pop in as a mechanic because it's good and it it's so simplistic. People know that visual language. They know mm. what they need to do in that, t- in that moment. It's all about movement and dodging. I really think it also forces you to be engaged as well, Jesse. And that's like a problem that I've run into with like a lot of games where, dude, I will literally sometimes nod off 
when I'm doing something that is not interesting, <laughs> like, I don't know, scaling a wall or something like that. Like, less that and more bullet health. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant in real life. I'm like, how many walls are you climbing? How many times are you falling? Just every once in a while, I'll find myself like halfway up, you know, this skyscraper in the CBD. And then I'll be like, what the f- how did I get here? I wish it was again. a good bullet hell game for my Switch in my back pocket. God damn, yeah. I'm so bored <laughs> God right damn. now. You're not going to play it while you're out. Come on. <laughs> cranking your play date on, on top of this. Yeah. Hey, I still haven't been invited to any cool rooftop parties like the fucking Switch trailers yeah. said I would be. You should get a play date party. Hell yes. I feel like that's probably illegal, date. Jesse. Play date. It'd be like, it'd be like one of your uh, Leisure Suit Larry parties. All you do is crank it. <laughs> Yes! Ah, that was... No. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with this. <laughs> Sorry, have did, a, you, did you want to go cranking it or do you want someone else to? This is not acceptable behaviour, okay? <laughs> not inside of a casino, sir. Pull your pants back up. Well, you can't stop me from counting cards. On that note, let's wrap this one up um, because that's the way to do it safely. Um, nice. Uh, thanks, Sam. Make sure you don't get any in your eye. If you want to more of our bullshit, Spotify and iTunes are the place to be. Subscribe and leave us a review, of course, while you're there. Check out Fan Critical Podcast. They keep our lights on. We're very happy to be part of their podcasting network. They have a bunch of shows about TV reviews, movie reviews, and such. Pop culture. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, if you want to keep up to date with all your gaming news, storymodegaming.com. Give that a go. Um, if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AUS. That's where you find out where we're doing all of our different streams and reviews and blah, blah, blah. If you want to f- check out those streams, we're at twitch.tv forward slash AUS, where you can catch these podcasts recorded live normally on a Tuesday. This one was on a Thursday because we were feeling nasty. Um... But we've also got the AFL uh, streams happening on Wednesdays. Siren streams some stuff. We've got Lauren streams some stuff. We've got all sorts of streams happening. It's all a good time. So make sure you give us a follow. And like I mentioned before, if you want to catch pictures of Simon's leg. Um, Just the one leg. Not, not legally binding. Uh, <laughs> go on Patreon. You're fan critical. And you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies, especially Simon's goodies. Not my leisure suit Larry goodies, though. Those are limited edition collector's items. What? Just saying. Right? Fair enough. The tally oh, used guys. to dry the wet dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking about bullet hell games. I feel like this is a genre that we've, we've all known of, but we haven't really sat down and appreciated. So I want to do this more often and kind of get into the nitty gritty of some of the more... Uh, more let's, get, let's get even more obscure about this. Okay. Um, and if look, if you're listening to this and you want us to do a particular genre, just shoot us a tweet over at Stormroad AUS and we'll uh, we'll do it, because why not? But with that, Simon, Killen, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Hey guys. Dear listeners and dear watchers over on Twitch, thanks for joining in. Thank you. you. I hope you learned something. And if you aren't quite across the genre as a whole, hope you give it a go, because there are some absolute gems in there. Um, and if you're scared to play some old games, just play some Returnal. Okay, it'll make you happy. Um, so with that, stay safe, play some games, 
And we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.